Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I know it's been quite a while since we've had a Monday episode, but here we are. Hello and welcome to, you know, the Farm Traveler podcast, specifically the Monday show. I thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of go back and revisit the first half of season two. It's been about a couple of months. We're about halfway through season two, learning about the differences and similarities between organic production and conventional. So we've had a lot of really cool guests on the show. We've had both organic growers, conventional growers. We've also had growers that grow both which was great to have on the show and great to have their viewpoints. April Clayton from Washington, she was ta- she was one of our first guests on the show this season, talking about why they have organic and conventional, why they switched from organic to conventional with their apples and stuff like that. We also had, you know, Sun Valley Farms out in California, and Rahelia Ponce Jr. was talking to us about their organic production and why they did that. And it's been really great. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot in terms of organic and conventional before, really before I even started this podcast, I always thought, you know, organic production, it's just farmers wanting to make more bang for their buck because, you know, organic produce is more expensive. And the reason it's more expensive is because it's more labor intensive. You can't use synthetic pesticides, synthetic fertilizers and stuff like that, which are generally a little bit cheaper you have to use um, naturally occurring things like peppermint oil, lime, um, copper sulfate, stuff like that. And I didn't know about this until earlier in the podcast or earlier in the history of it. For season one, we were talking with a grower in South Florida, and he was saying, which I had no clue, but organic pesticides have to be sprayed usually more often than conventional because they don't, they're systemic, meaning they stay on the outside of the plant so the plant doesn't actually take them up. So the way that works with conventional, let's say you have a pesticide, and pesticide is the overarching term for anything that will kill pests like um, bugs, fungicides, 
or herbicides. So it will kill weeds too. So the way a conventional pesticide works is you spray it. It's then sometimes taken up by the plant depending on what it is. And then let's say like an aphid, a little tiny aphid, attacks the plant. Well, it's going to bite the plant. The plant has the pesticide in it. It's then going to kill the aphid. But the amount needed to kill that aphid is extremely small. And if there are any traces of that pesticide, a big if of those traces of the pesticide are in the crop, then when you eat that, that amount is so minute that your stomach acid is going to completely destroy it and it's not going to affect you in any way, shape, or form. So that's the way conventional pesticides work and the way organic pesticides work. It's, it's really kind of like a shield, like you spray on a peppermint oil or a spearmint oil, something like that, and it really keeps those pests at bay. But you've got to spray them like three to four more times, and that's why those organic produce, or that's why that organic produce is more expensive. So, boom. And you know, that's why I thought people grow organic is because they can charge more for their crops. Makes sense. There's a demand for that. But really, learning from the farmers has been eye-opening, and I've really changed my narrative on it. Talking with Rogelio from Sun Valley Farms, he was saying, and it makes a lot of sense, People that buy organic generally want to learn more about their food. They generally want to have relationships with farmers, and they're curious about where their food comes from. Now, that's not to say every consumer is like that. I know I don't buy organic. If I have to, I will, but usually I'll buy regular produce because it's cheaper, and it's just going to be as, um, as healthy for me as organic. But I didn't know that, that farmers really want to grow organic because they feel like they have a better relationship with organic consumers, which makes sense. And also, they want to be kind of, not to sound like a hippie, but they feel like organic production is more in line with um, kind of nature, which is just fine. I mean, that's organic production has really lasted since the start of agriculture thousands of years ago, which is really neat. And some things that um, that I've learned from this also is that, Doing research, organic production is great, but also to produce the same amount of organic produce um, as a conventional farm, you need a lot more land because it's more, you can't put things in the ground, like you've got to space the plants out correctly. You can't use synthetic fertilizers, and pesticides that will help your crops grow quicker. And I didn't know about this, but if you remember listening to the crowd cow episode um, a few weeks ago, they were talking about there's certain regulations in there. Um, the CEO, uh, let me look it up. Who was it? I'm, on, I'm also on the Farm Travel website right now. So, yeah, uh, it's episode 71 with Joe Heitzberg, one of the co-founders. And he was saying he was talking with a beef rancher. And because he used a wood that was pressure treated as, you know, his fence post, he cannot um, apply for the organic label. Because let's say that cow happens to like rub up against that treated wood or that treated chemical goes into the grass right by it and the cow eats it, it's no longer certified organic, which is interesting. The cow was being raised and completely like every single other checklist item needed to be organic. They were doing it, but because it was a pressure treated wood or whatever, they couldn't be organic, which is really interesting. But, um, yeah, I thought that was very cool. And, I mean, one of our previous guests also on the show, um, the Millennial Farmer, you know, he's on YouTube. He's one of the biggest, 
I'd say he's one of the biggest farmers on YouTube at the moment, um, which is really, really cool. Anyway, it was, who was it? Zach Johnson, that's who it was. He was saying something great that there's a place for both, and but we cannot feed the world with just organic, which I think is is absolutely true. I mean, if you want to buy organic, great. That's like fantastic. I'm glad you're doing your research. But also, we cannot feed the world on organic alone. And so I think slowly, more and more people are realizing that, that there is a time and place for both, and that's totally fine. Which I, you know, like I was saying earlier, I always thought organic, like why would you buy organic, all this stuff like that. But I mean, there is a time and place for both, which is really neat. I mean, it, there's so much, um, there's so much science, there's so much that goes into conventional where we can use, we can use GMOs, we can use synthetic fertilizers and, and um, synthetic pesticides, and we can produce a great amount of food. And also, this is something that, you know, you would think, as somebody with an ag background, I taught for two years, you would think that everybody in my inner circle knows all that I know, but they don't, obviously, because I'm not that super great of, a, of an educator. I need to do a better job of informing those people around me. And something that a lot of people around me didn't know that, you know, the typical, the typical consumer doesn't know is that, you know, organic do use pesticides because a lot of people think organic that, you know, it's completely organic. It's grown in nature. It's just naturally picked from the fields. They're like, oh, wait, I didn't know organic actually uses pesticides, which they do. And I had somebody comment a couple of days ago on a post on Instagram, which it was great. I, I could have would have shared it. But they said, you know what? If it comes from in the earth, if it's food, I'm going to call it organic. And I was like, you know what? I like that. That's a really good point. So anyway, this has been a great episode or a, a great season learning about learning about conventional and organic. I think it's been really neat. We've had a lot of knowledgeable people on the show. We've had GMO Explains. We've had people that grow both. We've had um, crop dusters, you know, ag, ag Aviation Ventures, which also this is something that I did not know. And that's organic crops are sometimes, sometimes sprayed with fish guts because that's an organic fertilizer. I mean, I think that's super cool. It's a great way to recycle items that usually aren't going to be eaten or used in any way, shape, or form. And so to use them as a fertilizer is great. But they were saying, <laughs> Tyson and Callie were saying that it usually gets pretty nasty, like just cleaning up their whole their crop duster whenever they're doing that. So that's, that's interesting. That's also something you probably didn't know, which is cool. So Allie and I, you know, the wife, we're actually going to work on a video comparing organic and conventional fruits and vegetables. Going to work on that. That will be really cool. I hope that can maybe, you know, go viral on the YouTube and on the Instagram, but we'll see. So those are my thoughts, what I've learned and what I've kind of noticed in this second season, conventional and uh, conventional versus organic. Let me know what you think um, over on Instagram, you know, just, I think it's what, farm underscore traveler. Yeah, I'm on it every day. You'd think I would know. Yeah, farm underscore traveler or email me the farm or just email me at farmtravelerseries at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Have you learned a lot? Have you switched sides? Have you kind of thought, you know what? I kind of want to buy more organic now or I want to buy conventional now. Let me know. And you know, it's totally fine to buy both. Just one thing I've learned also, probably learned a thousand things from this season, trust the farmer. I mean, I know a lot about agriculture, not nearly as much as other experts, but 
I'm not in the field 24-7. I don't have a farm, so I need to trust the people whose livelihoods depend on this. And I think that's something we all should learn a thing or two about. So let me know what you think if you have learned a lot, which I hope you have the second season. And also, you might have seen it a few months ago, we are working slowly but surely on some Farm Traveler t-shirts. So I'm going to work on them. We have like two or three final designs that are really neat. And I'm working with a local company here in Panama City to get those out. And so we're going to do a first run of about 30. And if you want them, let me know. I'll post whenever we have the shirts and everything. And I will send them out to you. We're going to try to charge, I think, $15 for them, which isn't bad at all. I mean, it's going to be the Supreme Cotton Blend Premium Super Soft that's the actual definition, I think, from the from the company. They're super soft. They're going to be gray, super soft, super comfortable t-shirts. They just say Farm Traveler on there. And we'll, we'll figure that out. That'll be coming in a couple of months. Anyway, this was the Monday show. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll try to do a little bit more of these. Been kind of slacking, you know. I don't know if you're struggling like I am, but this whole COVID thing, quarantining, I've gotten lazy, man. Like, we haven't worked out in months. I haven't worked out in months. I've been playing. My Call of Duty consumption has gone up dramatically. Um, do or do not judge me based on that. But anyway, season two, conventional versus organic. Let me know what you think. Hope you enjoy it. And yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Don't know if you're a coffee drinker. I'm a coffee drinker. I like it. But I like tea because coffee doesn't like me. But anyway, this week we are going to have our first coffee grower on the podcast, which is going to be great. And... Anytime you grow coffee, you might see a little label that says fair trade certified or something like that. And I had no idea what that was about. Like, obviously, um, all the farmer gets all the money from it, you would think. But we're going to talk to a coffee grower, and he's going to tell us why that label is kind of misleading and kind of false, which very interesting. So look for that Wednesday. Hope you're all staying safe. Thanks seriously so much for listening. We have been growing very steadily over the course of this season, which has been fantastic. We've got listeners from all over the United States, all over Canada, all over Europe, Australia, um, Germany, you know, because my sister's in Germany. Rachel, hey, if you're listening, shout out. Um, I would say Antarctica, but I don't I don't think scientists and or polar bears and or penguins are listening, but that would be great. Anyway, okay, I'm going to stop stalling. Thanks so much for listening to this Monday episode. Um, and we will talk to you Wednesday. Okay, bye.